Merry Christmas, family. If we have not met yet, my name is Jim, and I, I am so glad that you are here tonight on Christmas Eve. How many of you, just out of curiosity, are, um, are the youngest in your family? Okay. We're the coolest. <laughs> Somebody's probably going to say the spoiled ones, right? Um, I was, uh, I was the youngest one in my family, and uh, I remember every Christmas Eve, every Christmas Eve, I would always come and I would say, can I open just one present early? <laughs> and I'd usually ask that like right before dinner on Christmas Eve, and every single time I asked the question, I would receive a very stern no, followed by, and don't ask again. But for some reason, the next year, same thing. Can I open just one present? Can I open just one present? Don't ask again, right? Now, I was the youngest, and so I think, I think my older brother and sister had figured it out, but it took me a few years until I finally stopped asking because I knew what the, the answer was going to be, right? Don't ask again. No, right? And then I, I married Stacy. And, and I discovered that she was a lot like I was as a child. And she could not wait. And, and so she would, weeks before Christmas, she would start asking if she could open a present, right? And, and so I was like, oh, this, I, I get you. I hear you here, right? And a little more extreme than I was, but okay, you know. And, and, um, and I learned later on that, um, that when she was a kid, during that same, you know, Christmas Eve dinner, she would sneak away and start unwrapping the presents under the tree. So it's like, here's somebody who can't wait. This, this is my wife, right? So, so then we have kids, right? And when our kids were little and they began doing that same thing, they're all excited. They can't hold it in. They'd say, please, 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 can we open just one? And Stacy would instantaneously give them one of the gifts out of, you know, one of the stocking gifts, right? Here's the problem, and I'm not kidding you. That would usually begin like around December 5th. <laughs> so by the time Christmas came around, it was like they've already opened five or six different, you know, like stocking gifts. And so it's like you got to replenish throughout the month, right? In fact, um, just last month, so Thanksgiving, by, by the evening of Thanksgiving... Um, all of our, our presents were wrapped and they were under the tree in our house. And, um, and Stacy says to our now adult children, do you want to open one? <laughs> no joke. In fact, it gets even closer. Last night, last night we were watching a Christmas movie and Stacy turns to me and says, can I open just one? Oh, yes. Now, for most people, other than Stacy, for most people, Christmas is all about waiting, right? I mean, we're waiting in lines. We're waiting for packages to arrive. I bet some of you relate to this one. We're waiting for that one family member who is always late, <laughs> right? Some of you are that person. And, of course... We wait to unwrap the presents, right, kids? Yeah, you gotta wait, 
No. And don't ask again. I know you do. I know. That's what I was told. It, it seems like the word wait is indelibly connected with Christmas. But here's the thing. The idea of waiting in Christmas is not just a modern reality. In fact, there was a lot of waiting that went on in anticipation of the very first Christmas. In, in fact, God inspired the prophet Isaiah to write long before Jesus was ever born about the coming of Christmas. He writes this in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so for hundreds of years, that, that per, was prophetically spoken, that one day God will provide this child. And for hundreds of years, people waited. They waited for Christmas. In fact, entire lifetimes went by where people were waiting and anticipating and hoping. And, and I imagine that there probably came a time where people began to think that perhaps it's never going to happen. God's never going to fulfill this promise. He's never going to send this child, this Savior, into this world. Perhaps they began to believe that God had lost track of time as everyone waited. And, and then the Bible tells us that the time finally came. In fact, we can read about it in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, and it says this. But when the right time came, did you catch that? When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Did you catch that? When the right time came, when the right time finally came, God sent his son. In other words, Christmas was God's answer to a long, long wait. Which tells me this, that God had actually not forgotten about his promise. He was just waiting for the right time, the exact right time to send his son, and I love what it says there, his son to buy freedom for us so that we could be adopted as his own children. He was just waiting for the right time. And then when that perfect time came, God sent a messenger to a young woman named Mary. We read about that in the book of Luke chapter one, and it says this, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
That verse tells us that God showed up at just the right time. And despite all of her questions and all of her fears, Mary responded with humble acceptance, right? She was, I mean, she, of course she had questions. Of course she wondered what God was doing. It didn't make any sense. But ultimately her response to God was essentially, I trust you. I trust that this is my time. I trust you. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus, although he was born at just the right time, that he came for a reason. And that reason was to purchase our freedom, right? We just read that. And you know what? The perfect time came for him to purchase our freedom as well. Everything happened at just the right time. This is what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6. But while we were still weak, at the right time, there it is again. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, Jesus died, it says. Jesus paid the ultimate price, his life, as a demonstration of God's immense love for you and for me. You see, what Jesus had done was he lived the perfect life that none of us have, honestly, and he died the death that, frankly, we deserved so that we might have the opportunity in God's timing, to receive his grace, to be known, and to know God at just the right time. That's incredible to me. And you know what I believe? I believe that at just the right time in your life, that God will reveal to you that he loves you. Just the right time. He'll show you that he loves you. I have no idea when that has happened. I have no idea when it will happen again for you. But I have absolute confidence in God's patient love and in his perfect timing in your life. I trust that. That, that forever people have waited and waited and waited thinking, God, maybe you've forgotten about me. And always he's come through at just the right time. And I just happen to believe that God has a right time for all of us. In fact, listen to what this says in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Did you hear that? But is patient towards you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I want you to know this Christmas Eve that God keeps his promises. We celebrate the fulfillment of one tomorrow. 
For hundreds of years, there was waiting and waiting and waiting, and maybe God forgot, and maybe God lost track of time, and where is he? And finally, at just the right time, Jesus came. And not only did he come into this world, but at the right time, he died as well so that we might have an opportunity to have our own time. I also want you to hear this on this Christmas Eve. I want to remind you that God is also patient with you. I want you to know that. That he's patient. It it says it right here. He's patient with you. And at just the right time, I believe he will show you Or perhaps for some of you, he will remind you that he loves you. And I believe that because I've experienced that in my own life over and over and over again. That at just the right time, God has said, Jim, I want you to know I love you. Even when I didn't want to believe it. In fact, over 30 years ago, I was at a place in my life where um, I had become disillusioned with the church. And I was kind of angry with God because I had been hurt. I'd been hurt by church and, uh, and I didn't know what I believed anymore about this thing called God's church and it made me wonder about God and what he thought of me. And so I went on a journey of beginning to rethink my life and what I wanted to do with my life and where I was heading because I was kind of hurting And I was angry. And God was so patient with me because it took years. Several years later, at just the right time, and I look back now and I go, it was exactly the right timing. God chose to heal my heart that was pretty bitter and angry and resentful and disillusioned with this thing called church. And here's the crazy thing. You know where he chose to heal me? In a church. In fact, it was this church. I started attending here. And God began doing a work inside me of reminding me of how much he loved me. That he had not abandoned me. And he even, he even not only restored my love for him, but he also surprisingly restored my love for his people, his church. And as a result of that, kind of shockingly, God even called me to then serve that very same church. And that was like 27 years ago now. And and so I share that because of this. I know personally that God is patient. And I know that God will show up over and over again and say, I just want you to know that I love you. And I have not forgotten about you. And my prayer on this Christmas Eve is this, that when that happens to you next, and I don't know if that's going to be tonight or a month from now or a year from now, but the next time God is trying to remind you that he loves you, I pray that you'll respond like Mary responded to God's call on her life. And her response was a response of humility and acceptance. And I pray that you'll respond like that. Because, listen, God's patient. And he loves you. 
And Christmas is all about the celebration that God keeps his promises. It's a promise to love you. And it's a promise to always be patient with you and with me. And I think maybe some of us need to hear that tonight. Can I pray for you? Lord Jesus, I am so grateful that at just the right time you came into this world. Nobody can say you came too late or too early. You came at just the right time. And you gave your life at just the right time so that you could purchase our freedom and so that we might have the opportunity to become your children. And I just thank you for that. And I thank you, you've been patient with me. And I pray that on this Christmas Eve, you'd communicate that message, that you'd break through all of our hearts to just remind us that whether we've been angry or whether we've been hurt or whether somehow we've just lost sight of your love, I pray that you'd remind us and I pray you'd give us the faith of Mary to trust you. To trust you and your love for us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the traditions we have that I love in this church is on this service, we light candles. And, and those candles really represent um, what the Bible says is when Jesus came into this world, it was like a light coming into darkness. A, a, a light that pierces all of the darkness. And so we light candles just to represent that. And so in just a moment, we're going to come down these aisles and we're going to light the candle of those on the ends. And then I want to ask you to turn and to light the candle of the person next to you. If you want to, you could even just say Merry Christmas to them when you do it. And then after a few moments, we're just going to have kind of a, a kind of a, we're going to, the lights are going to go out and it's going to be silent for a little bit. And as that happens, I pray that as you see these lights burning, that you'd be reminded that at just the right time, God sent his light, Jesus, into this dark world. And he did it for you and me. He did it because he loved us. And I pray that we will have humble acceptance of that tonight. All right? Uh, parents, just be careful with your kids if they've got burning flames. They've got glow sticks inside those little things. If you would rather do that, we would rather you do that. Um, but let's just take a few moments here towards the end of this service and remember the light that came into this dark place.